0: Well, U.S. banking stocks taking a hit overnight, but other sectors doing well? But warning bells around a credit crunch from the central bank and from Janet Yellen and Joe Biden. Will they change the rules? At home, a fall in job vacancies, but not enough to change the outlook. The job market is still very tight, but uh, talking about the outlook, NAB has changed his view on what the RBA will do for the rest of the year. We'll look at that today. And European and U.S. inflation today. Some key numbers to round off the week. It's Friday, the 31st of March, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning we well, apart from banking, US stocks doing very well. The Nasdaq up 0.7% at close. That's 18% up since it's December low, a 0.6% rise in the S&P 500 at close today. The Dow had a couple of spells in the red overnight, but finished 0.4% up and more confident gains in Europe. The Euro stocks 50 is up 1.3%. The FTSE 100 up uh, three quarters of 1%. The US dollar down half percent on the DXY. The Aussie is up 0.4% to just over 67 US cents, a 0.6% rise in the pound. Almost as much for the euro and bonds. Yields down in the US, just two basis points lower for 10-year treasuries. But 10-year gilts are up five basis points in the UK. German bunds up four. Aussie, 10 years, up seven basis points yesterday, to 3.35%. Not much movement on that on uh, futures overnight. And oil rising quite a bit today as well. WTI is up 1.7%. Brent up 1%, losing a little ground later in the session on its uh, race back up towards $80 a barrel. So what's driving markets today ahead of inflation day for the United States? Here's NAB's Taylor Nugent in Melbourne. I mean, shares doing well in the US, but bank stocks down over 1.4%. Real estate up 0.8%. I was reading that smaller banks have actually seen their deposits fall two percent just this last week. So, I mean, we are over the shock phase of the banking crisis. We hope, uh, but there are obviously still some repercussions and concerns in the markets about where the banks are right now.
1: Yeah. Good morning, Phil. I think you know. I think that's probably probably fair when we look kind of a, across markets. Again, it's kind of another day of, of relative calm. Not too much new news on on the evolution of. Of banks, but you know certainly not out of the woods yet. Um, you know, when I look across industries in the S and P 500, everything is up except for financials. So there still are some some lingering concerns there, and I think now. You know, it really turns to that assessment of how much is that this impact is kind of, you know, what are the repercussions through the regional banking sector and how much does that tighten credit conditions and therefore kind of echo back into the outlook for activity and inflation. And that's, you know, front of mind for for central bankers. The direction of the impact is, is pretty clear, um, but sizing up exactly how large it will be. Um, Um, is is the key question. And we also had kind of a a word of caution from um, the Fed's Kashkari out in the last um, few hours as well, who, you know, has been fairly hawkish through... Um, The the recent part of this cycle, you'd have to say, but was kind of front and center during the response to the GFC as well. And he noted that every time in 2008, we thought that we're through it and and there was another shoe yet to drop. And so he's certainly prepared to think that this could take a little longer than we expect until we fully get behind it. But again, just kind of repeating that message that, you know, his forecast is not for... You know, this to evolve into a a larger crisis, but it is just sizing up just how much this kind of sustained credit crunch to the extent that it it flows through should offset more tightening.
0: Yeah, well, he basically said it's unclear just how much of this banking stress uh, that we're seeing right now is a a sustained credit crunch and, and how long that's going to go on for. I mean, you would shouldn't shouldn't the Fed know this sort of stuff? I mean, you're sort of like going, well, we don't know. You know, it, 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 they can see that there's an issue, but they
1: just don't know how far it's going to go. Yeah, not they know? <laughs> uh, it's you. You would hope that they have uh, they have some sense, and they are they are being. You know, there's plenty of commentary out there on. On their their best assessment, and I think it's pretty clear that they're assessing that it does offset the need for further tightening. We saw that in their their response in the yeah. the recent meeting, and with that dot plot staying where it is rather than moving higher. And there's a, a couple of other Fed speakers out overnight as well that kind of you know give us further hints on on their assessment. But you know there just isn't a lot of a lot of clarity at this stage. We had um, Richmond Fed President Barkin noting that you know that that inflation is. Um, to the extent that inflation persists, then the Fed can react by by raising rates further. No surprises there, but also pointing out that kind of if he's wrong about the dynamics of play or about credit conditions and the Fed can respond appropriately. So not kind of, you know, pushing back aggressively against um, against cuts but a little bit more hawkish comments from um the fed's collins as well who her assessment certainly is that this partially offsets the need for additional rate increases but still but is that the case
0: the i mean it's I mean if, if there's tighter you know banking lending standards going on uh i mean does less lending i mean it's not necessarily disflationary is it I mean, you could have uh, you know less lending going on, but people still cashed up and spending.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not it's not necessarily in its in and of itself enough. It's about you know the getting the magnitudes right of how how restrictive the the conditions need to be in order to get that flow through the real economy and and into those inflation outcomes that that the Fed is focused on.
0: Yeah, so we'll move off banks in just a second, but just reiterating a point that was made by Dave yesterday. This is largely a U.S. phenomenon, isn't it? So you look at uh, where European banks are, I mean, their shares are at 1.5% today. Of course, they fell uh, with the banking crisis and, of course, with Credit Suisse and such like, but they are climbing back, which we're not seeing that recovery in the United States. And possibly that's because also today, Janet Yellen... Uh, has been talking and saying, well, maybe banking deregulation has gone too far, and uh, Biden is now, you know, asking regulators whether they should reverse some of the rules that had, uh, uh, you know, had loosened in the in, in the Trump era. So no surprise then, really. Perhaps I mean, maybe that's the key thing. Maybe that's why banking stocks are down so much in the U.S. today.
1: Yeah, certainly that that could be part of it. Um, you know, that that focus, you know, does seem to be tilting back in, into the U.S. and those, um, you know, um, country level and inflation. that i'm sure we'll talk about shortly certainly the focus on in europe over the last 24 hours at least but you know not not solely a, a u.s problem we had some comments from the ecbs um casimir recently as well noting that um you know, the direction is still still the same in, in Europe as well. There's kind of a real risk of banks curbing lending here in the, the wake of what's happened in the financial industry. So maybe not quite as much as, as the U.S., but certainly directionally still, still the same. But not seeing the response in the share market.
0: So, yeah, let's look at inflation. Before, before we do that, I mean, what's keeping inflation going in the U.S.? Uh, it's, J I mean, it's that persistence in the jobs uh, market, isn't it? The fact that there's just so many people employed. The jobless claim numbers for the U.S. last week, uh, they rose just seven thousand last week to 198 thousand. So still hanging on, pretty close to record lows.
1: Yeah, that's right. So a, a small increase there to 198 thousand, still remaining below 200 thousand. And you know, maybe if you squint, there's a, a mm. small uptrend from from its, its recent lows, but really, it, it looks like kind of you know sideways <laughs> at, at very low levels here, and it really is still kind of in the expectation that people are expecting this to to pick up further. So at the moment still consistent with a, a tight labor market, but you know, some of those forward looking indicators suggest that this should start to lift as those recently announced layoffs start to, to flow through. But you know, nothing to say that the labor market's turning quickly on this data. No, right
0: well we keep on saying it, don't we? You know, when 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 we start to see it turn. But when, 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 when's it gonna happen? Uh look, a big fall in inflation happened in Germany though, but that was expected. In fact, it was expected to fall a little more than it did. Now, we've only got headline numbers. We don't have the core readings, but they have gone from year-on-year 9.3% in February to 7.8% year-on-year in March. Uh, uh, Obviously, base effects having a big play on this and the core could actually have risen if we had those numbers. yeah that's
1: right those um those European inflation numbers out of Spain and and Germany kind of offsetting surprises at the headline headline um, level Spain falling to 3.1 percent from six so a very very large fall there and that just you know reflects those base effects you talk about being larger in Spain because of the more responsive energy price increases a year ago right. and we
0: did we did get a core number of course for Spain didn't we I mean despite that big fall in headlines uh, only a minimal move in the in the core rate. So basically ignore the headline rate.
1: Yeah, and certainly ECB officials have been very clear that you know headline inflation rates will be falling as these base effects flow through and it's it's stubbornness in that core number that that is fo- in in focus and you know we did get that core number from Spain at um tick down to 5.6 from 5.7 so you know remaining stubbornly elevated and and not moving a lot there and you know we didn't get that that core estimate um out of the the German authorities for the preliminary number but i've seen some estimates based on the the regional data that maybe that did tick higher um as well and you know now the the, the focus really moves there to the the eurozone wide numbers uh, tonight where that core number is expected to tick up to to 5.7 percent and a, a new record high even as that headline number falls back with those with those base effects helping um, and that that kind of you know though that evolution of the data flow really moving around um, European yields as well with kind of that initial downside surprise in Spain earlier in the session seeing your um, German two-year yields lower um that reversing is kind of focused to that sticky core number and then the german upside surprise seeing seeing that two-year rate push higher it's now up around around mm. nine basis points but you know for, for context still around 60 basis points below where it was on on the 9th of sure. march before this so, banking turmoil so, so, so where you, does
0: that leave us now then in terms of where the ecb goes next so
1: for for the april meeting still still pricing around an 80 percent chance of a, a 25 basis point increase but you know there's about 10 basis points more tightening um, through the through the near-term curve now with about 60 basis points of additional tightening expected by September in pricing.
0: Well, right, let's look at where we are closer to home then because as to where the RBA is going to go next week because we had the Aussie job vacancies yesterday they fell one and a half percent in February 438,500 which is the lowest for a year but obviously still well above where we were before the pandemic so is that going to influence the RBA in any way?
1: Yeah, I think those vacancies data are important. It wasn't one of the kind of top tier releases that the RBA pointed to in that run up to the April meeting. But you know what we saw is that that 1.5% fall in the three months to February was you know fairly small, really. Vacancies are now only 9% below their peak in, in May 2022. They're still 92% higher than they were pre-pandemic. And there's just 1.2 unemployed people per job vacancy, and that compares to over three prior to the pandemic. So still signalling a, a very tight labour market here. And I think, you know, what it does do is just kind of confirm that the the rate on the February employment data, that it, it did confirm a, a still tight labour market, um, you know, it, it supports that assessment certainly.
0: So NAB's belief is that there's still going to be a, a rate rise next week, another 25 basis points added. Uh, But perhaps beyond that, maybe this is the last one
1: yeah that's that's right phil so we we did um update our our call yesterday we we continue to expect a, a 25 basis point increase in in april certainly kind of acknowledge that the, there's the risk that they that they do pause the the data isn't kind of forcing their hand necessarily but we do think that the data um does make the case that the risks just aren't yet balanced at, at the current level of, of the cash rate and we expect one more hike before an extended pause we have however um taken out one Hike, so we now expect a, a peak in the cash rate of three point eight five percent. I think the the key thing here is, you know, this is for a couple of reasons. One is an acknowledgement that the data flow is maybe a little bit softer um, on on balance over the last month or two. Um, it's also the case though that the RBA has been kind of pretty clear that it is you know, looking for an opportunity to pause, it doesn't see the need to do too much. And we just don't think that the data flow is really going to, going to force their hand to, to continue pushing higher. The, the um, thing to, to note here is that, you know, the job for the RBA isn't just to continue to raise rates until headline inflation peaks. It's, you know, widely expected to have peaked in, in Q4. It's really about whether the, the level of rates is at a sufficiently high level to get inflation kind of sustainably back to that 2 to 3% target in the outlook. Um, And when we think about the risks there, although we are expecting a a pause soon, we continue to think that the RBA can kind of manage this cycle without moving rates as restrictive as some of the other dollar block central banks. Um, you know, we shouldn't lose sight of the risk there. That if the data doesn't play ball over over 2023, that you know, when the RBA does peak, it isn't it isn't, it does pause. It isn't necessarily the the peak in rates. Even though you know, our central assessment is that one more hike to 385 will will get the job done. There is one massive
0: disclaimer there from you, uh, Taylor. <laughs> so uh, now this <laughs> might be a bit of a premature question. When do they start going down? Obviously not this year, but early next year. Have we got a got a handle on that. I mean, it's it's hard to tell in this environment. Yeah. I mean, that's that
1: that's, that's that yeah that's it's it's a good question we certainly don't think that that rates up around that level are you know going to be sustained in, in the long term we do think they're restrictive we don't see a case for kind of an early hike through this year but we do have cuts penciled in through the the first half of 2024 to take the cash rate back to 3.1% right
0: now over the over the water the the ANZ business outlook uh, yesterday for New Zealand they've still got very high inflation although it was edging downwards inflation expectations down, pricing intentions have fallen, Uh, wage growth still expected around 6% though and expected to be in the high fours in a year's time. So it is moving very slowly, isn't it? So no surprise, you know, we are expecting a a hike from the RBNZ next week as well, aren't we?
1: Yeah, that's right. So that ANZ business outlook, um, you know, fairly insignificant movements across the kind of headline in activity and inflation indicators in the survey, and so still painting that picture of kind of a fairly soggy activity backdrop, but paired with uncomfortably high inflation readings, and so, yeah, no, nothing in there to change that view of, of 25 basis points from the IBNZ next week.
0: China's PMI numbers later today, and then we've already mentioned the euro area inflation, obviously that's the key one today, and also the US core PCE deflator, uh, so we find out what's happening to prices over there. The year-on-year figure was 4.7%. If it goes up, uh, we're going to see, or if it doesn't go down much, we're going to see a market response to that, presumably. You know,
1: maybe, hopefully not too much go for surprise. We've already had the, the CPI, but the core PCE deflator there, the Fed's preferred measure, is seen at 0.4% month on month. So still much too high for the Fed, even if it is a little bit better than than last month's 06 We also get income and spending data out of out of that survey as mm. well, and, and spending is seen up. 0.3% month-on-month, month, and that comes after the the January weather-boosted um, number of plus 1.8%. So, you know, remaining in positive territory, not suggesting much payback from that, that strong number in January. Right. Resilience. If, if that data comes in, as expected, of course.
0: However hard central banks are trying, res- the world over it seems, a resilient economy, uh, isn't it? Um, but uh, we'll see. At some point, things are going to start breaking, surely, uh, or, or easing. Uh, we'll uh, Hopefully easing rather than breaking. Anyway, we'll leave it there for now. Good to t- talk, Taylor. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. I have to go now because you probably noticed I'm starting to ramble. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now, back again on Monday morning. See you then. Thanks for listening.